A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your family, the authorities, or higher powers. Welcome to Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your monstrous manager, Frank Eastman. And I am your lovable office companion, Derek Lewis. All right, Derek. How are you doing today, Frank? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I could not be better. Could not be better? That That's a lie, but... <laughs> it, it's close enough to the truth. I'm still uh, still recovering from what... The plague. Yeah, the, the plague that went through that we actually kind of touched on last episode. So yeah, it's uh, it stuck with me for like an entire week. I sound a little bit like a bullfrog this time around. <laughs> At least, maybe it'll be a funny bullfrog, though. Maybe. That's the hope. So do you want to get into the daily stand-up? Let's do it. All right. So, my wife and my daughter are on a long-distance road trip. Okay. Um, Where'd they go? They're taking a meandering path out to California, and they're going to end up in Seattle. Um, Okay. And so, they're just kind of wandering around, seeing sights. They don't have, like, a real strong plan. So, what they're doing each night is, whenever they get tired, they just jump on Priceline, find something cheap. And book it and stay and then get up the next morning and go on. Okay, cool. That's a very interesting take on it. Yeah, uh, it's it seemed to be working for them until seemed. they uh, they stopped <laughs> at a little bed and breakfast. Okay. Um, and I, I have sent you photos so you can look at them. <laughs> this Do bed. I scroll down slowly to make sure I see them one at a time. This bed and breakfast is in a converted brothel and i think there's some questions as to whether or not it is actually converted this is a fucking boudoir it it is indeed whoa oh my god (laughs) (laughs) holy shit so what uh, uh, what folks can't see is it looks a little bit like a normal room when you step in there, if a little uh, tacky and overdone. But then if you go into the bathroom, it's got the heart-shaped tub. Okay, that's pretty standard. Uh, but then it's got, like, the naked guy holding the toilet paper roll statue. <laughs> yeah, the naked butler with exposed penis. Uh, sitting there holding your toilet paper and and like a uh, a painting of a nude woman uh so i don't know if they were going for thematic or if it was some sort of club uh that they did not know that they were not supposed to be staying at it was on priceline wow uh so she had absolutely no idea what it was going to be like until they got there and she's like you're going to have to check this shit out are are there no pictures at all on Priceline? I I don't know. Uh, sometimes there are, sometimes there aren't. I imagine it was like on the outside. 
And it was, it's one of those things, it's, it could be kind of subtle until you get in there and you're like, hmm, the toilet paper's being, being held by a little <laughs> statue of a man with no the, the pants. The roll through the center is literally a penis. Maybe this is not a, a family-friendly place. But no, I'm looking at the pictures, and, and the, the, you know, the first picture you sent me is the picture of what I assume is the bedroom. Um, yes. You know, the, the bed's nothing special, but like, full wall of mirrors, uh, low ceiling um, with with a huge you know chandelier type thing that provides uh, what I assume is uh, you know some sort of video set production quality lighting. Oh yeah. Um, so you can you know film your own videos. I, I mean it it actually kind of favors a dungeon a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, it's got like this faux stone thing going on. Right. Yeah, like just like a like a faux hearth uh, all the way down the wall. Um, that is that is mildly terrifying. Um, even if I was going to a brothel, I don't think I'd want that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I haven't been in any brothels. I don't know how comfortable <laughs> I would be if that were the, you know, sort of vibe when I showed up. Yeah, like the, uh, the, the, the picture of the, the naked woman, like it's actually pretty artful or, or, or tasteful. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't exactly hang it in my, in my family room. Oh um, yeah, no. But I mean, it's not awful. Um, but no, the uh, you know looking back at the picture of the heart shaped tub, um, yeah, there there is there is no question what this room was supposed to be for. Yep. Um, and, and you know I've been to like hotels in Gatlinburg that have uh, you know heart shaped tubs, you know, but they're not exactly configured like this. Like they're not like you know the pit of love. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like this that, is literally built into the floor. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, it's I, fairly special. I assume is to provide like ample amount of flat space on the side for, for banging. Like, <laughs> is that what it's for? <laughs> I, I guess I am not, I'm absolutely, uh, not really sure. Maybe there's just a lot of presentation space that is provided. <laughs> But, uh, oh, yeah, man. so apparently you can get on Priceline and get more than you bargained for when you're just trying to find some place to sleep for the night. So that's what I want to know. Like, I want to know, like, what type of quality control does Priceline have to go through and, and check some of this stuff? Because, like, I could, I could imagine with, like, Airbnb there being, like, some questionable rooms where it's, like, wow, this is clearly a sex dungeon that they aren't using this weekend. Right. Like, you know, very clearly, <laughs> you know, um, meant for another purpose. Um, but, like, with Priceline, you would think that there would be some sort of, like, in order to get on Priceline, you have to, like, prove yeah. you know, you're not a sex dungeon. Yeah, that was, uh, I, you know, that was sort of the thing, I think. Like, if it was Airbnb, that would be questionable. I don't think anybody was thinking... Oh, there's going to be questions on Priceline. It had like three stars, you know, five. like a, the same as like a Marriott or a La Quinta, <laughs> you know, it's, but La Quinta, this ain't. Okay. Okay. I, okay. Uh, if you're saying that like, you know, the, the, the mediocre quality of the Marriott warrants you the same number of stars as accidentally renting a sex dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the... <laughs> I think the scale needs to shift just a touch. Well, I mean, I think it might just be based on amenities, but they're not telling us what the <laughs> amenities are. I mean, uh, so, it, it, yeah, I think if we're, if we're judging like number of amenities, 
you know, it's fine if we're if we're judging like the particular quality of each. Uh, I think we have some issues. Yeah, there's so much. There's there's so many things in these pictures that like there, there's really not enough time to go through all of them uh, or, or through all the little details. But like, there's just there's just so many tiny details in these pictures that make me oh yeah just believe that it it it, it literally is just a sex dungeon nobody's using for the weekend. Yeah. No, I think uh, I think the conclusion by the end of it was that it it's a club for possibly like swingers or something. Um, okay. That uh, I don't know if you know somebody <laughs> missed some some notes or something that let people <clears throat> who are in that lifestyle group know that's what's going down, or if they're just on Priceline like. Fuck it, we got beds to fill, so let's go ahead and fill some beds with, you know, <laughs> unsuspecting travelers. Yeah, unsuspecting strangers. I, I have a problem with the supposition that it might be like a swingers club. Uh, because uh, in all the swingers club that I've ever been to, um, which obviously is zero. I was going to um, say, well, I all right, ex- we find something out on air. <laughs> I wouldn't expect... To see this like goofy ass like naked butler, yeah, that staring was... <laughs> at me on the john. It was like, okay, none of this is necessarily tasteful, right? Uh, it is, it is definitely you know sort of on the tackier side of anything, right? But it it looked like they were trying up until the you know gag butler without any pants, toilet pull, uh, toilet paper holder. Everything else, I would be like, oh, okay, we were going for sort of a, you know, boudoir feeling on things, and then we just got the of the <laughs> guy with no pants on statuary. Until you got, you know, Jeeves, the, the poo butler. Exactly. Um, and he's, like, standing there with, like, his finger under his nose as if trying to block the scent. Yep. Uh, I, I get what they're trying to go for, but, like... That's not going to protect him from my funk. Like, <laughs> unless he's got a freaking gas mask or hazmat suit, um, he's he's getting a full full to the face. But no, uh, th- this is so far off the reservation from tasteful that like <laughs> maybe this is so far the, beyond. Yeah, yeah, so far beyond tasteful. It's not even funny. Oh my god! But that's funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing that the rest of the the places they have stayed have not been nearly as adventurous as this. No, none of them have been as adventurous. Some of them have been, you know, like, oh, this was not the kind of place we necessarily want to shine a light in every single corner, but it was a place to lay your head for an evening. Yeah, uh, leave the luminol in the car. Exactly. <laughs> and that's just a good idea most of the time anyway. Right, we uh, you know we're we're all having a a little bit of suspension of disbelief that we're staying in the clean hotel room each evening. Right, um, I, I think that goes for any trip. Like, yeah, I, I don't care what it is. Like, there is no hotel room that has been thoroughly clean enough for anyone to call it actually clean. Right, yeah, it is the mere appearance of clean. It is the appearance of clean, and I'm okay with that for the most part. When I'm just staying there for one evening, you know, I'm not necessarily camping out forever. <sighs> But, uh, right. yeah, this is the first time that that's ever sort of ended up in having a whole new experience. See, this just, this just, like, further proves that I'm doing it the right way. Because, like, you know, whenever we, you know, book travel or 
you know, book a hotel or whatnot. Like I scour the photos, like just to be like, you know, what, what corner are they not showing me where like, you know, they're missing space or they've got something tacky over there or something like that. Um, right. But you know, occasionally I feel like I'm being a little bit too, uh, a little bit scrutinizing it, maybe a little too much. Um, but no, I think this is going to help me crank it back up to 11 whenever I look at, at photos. Because I, So now I want to see the bathroom. I want to see the art. Uh, I want to see the toilet paper holder. And I want to see the mirrors in the bedroom. And whether or not they are full <laughs> Whether or not they are full length and on the ceiling, too. <laughs> uh, no, but that is, that is hilarious. Um <laughs> Priceline needs to up their game because uh, apparently, if if a family can accidentally rent a sex dungeon, probably shows that they their their quality control is not good enough. Yeah, I don't I don't know what uh, what you've got to do to get listed on there. That's you know as I said, uh, going with Airbnb, sure it's a it's a crapshoot uh, in both directions, you know, you don't know right. when you're renting out your place, whether or not it's going to become the weekend sex party, right. or if you are in turn <laughs> renting out the unused this weekend sex party room, like right. that is kind of the dice that you're rolling with Airbnb, which is why I don't necessarily use Airbnb a lot, right. uh, which I have done in the past to fairly good, uh, fairly good results. Uh, when we went right. to Washington, D.C., we actually stayed in, like, a little apartment that uh, it was obvious that it was an unlicensed sort of, this is just what they do. You know, it's not a right. room in their house. They have a house that right. they are just renting out floors of right. on Airbnb. But it put us, <laughs> like, in a really nice area in, uh, well, not a really nice area in Washington, D.C., but it was a really good experience. <laughs> There's a lot of areas well, of Washington, Because that, that, that assumes that like, there are nice it assumes there are nice places in DC. Yeah, but. not not in the city uh <laughs> right. necessarily. Yeah, that that is another another tale to tell. We had gone uh to pick up some sundries uh relatively late at night at the local uh, I forget even what, but it was the grocery store. Yeah. But we went to the, the grocery store. Of the bodega. And uh I knew that it was going to be problematic when we arrived. Because there were three different security guard companies in place. <laughs> Holy shit! Not just <laughs> not just three different security guards. There was three like different companies. There was like a cop and two different companies. And the so okay. So do you think that the outside people were so bad that they needed three different companies, or do you think it was kind of like the like the swallowing the spider to catch the fly type of thing? Do you think that maybe they hired the first one, didn't necessarily trust them, hired the second one to watch the first, and then they realized they had done it again, and then hired the third, more reputable company to watch the first two? That might be. That might be how they decided to go down. (laughs) But it was pretty wild. I'm like, I keep my head on a swivel just a little bit, so, you know, I'm noting these things, but not necessarily saying anything, because, you know... I don't think anything's going to happen. I'm just like, huh, those, there's a cop and then two different people with completely different uniforms um, from security companies. And they've got the doors locked down, so there's only one way in and one way out. This <laughs> Man, that place has seen some shit. This place has seen <laughs> some shit, and we're in there. 
buying, you know, whatever it was that we needed. I needed like a razor and a couple of other things that we, you know, had forgotten at, uh, at home. Right. And we get to the checkout line and there was this woman that had been wheeling around a suitcase. Like maybe she was also a fellow traveler or the like. Um, and apparently, like, she'd been wheeling around the suitcase, talking loudly on a phone. I had noticed her, but not really noted her heavily. Mm-hmm. Well, as she is in line to check out, the security guards sort of descend upon her. There is a small <laughs> altercation. I turn, and, like, she is fighting with them, knocks over her suitcase, where she has, like five or six large bottles of wine that she was trying to Uh steal, which then shatter all over the floor. (laughs) So like there is a giant growing puddle and the smell of wine as you know, this yelling lady is, is being led away in handcuffs. And I'm like, huh? Yeah, there we are. I guess that's a random Saturday night here at, uh, at this Washington DC, uh, local stop. See, but here's the disappointing part is that, you know, you said that, you know, they they open the suitcase and it kind of tumbled out and all, you know, several of them broke. Now nobody gets that wine. This is true. Like, you know, it's not there being put back on the shelves for the customers. At least I hope it's not like you go, like you go back later <laughs> and they're mopping it up, just like squeezing, squeezing it, it into, into a, a new bottle. bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say don't, you know, don't don't drink any. uh gas station wine in dc apparently yeah (laughs) it turns very quickly and unsuspectingly into turlet wine (laughs) but you never know what you're gonna get i guess when you when you decide to stop wow your 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 family adventures are uh far more um harrowing than mine yeah i don't have any any fantastic stories like that (laughs) yeah it's not an adventure if there's not some danger to it i mean that's that's true um I guess I like my uh, vacations to be a little more relaxing than that. Ah, you take relaxing vacations. See, we take family adventures. <laughs> All right. Uh, so do you want to get into the deep dive of the day? Let's get into the deep dive. All right. So for the topic of the day, I want to discuss what do you do about coworker wardrobe malfunctions? Now, we're talking... Uh, you know, you notice that maybe the guy across the hall, uh, has done some sort of, uh, plie or some sort of squat <laughs> in which the, uh, the pants, his pants have ripped. He's got a blow out. Um, yeah. Uh, or, you know, we can, you know, do like, uh, you know, different schmutz on the face, um, boogers, miscellany, things like that. Doesn't necessarily have to be wardrobe you know, any particular piece of the wardrobe or whatnot, just in general wardrobe and, you know, hygiene malfunctions. Now, uh, I did have a coworker who on more than one occasion would show up to the other literal daily standup with his fly down. And <laughs> we're on camera for the daily standup, and there's a whole bunch of people there. So, you know, it's one of those things where I'm trying to subtly let him know, like, right. Hey, mm, 
dude. A, a simple XYZ was not sufficient. Well, I, I eventually had to say XYZ, but so many people know that already <laughs> that, you know, when I'm like, hey, yeah, Jason, it's, it's not subtle you know, anymore. XYZ, everyone immediately is like, oh, there you are. You got your fly down <laughs> again. Oh, uh, see. You know, the the fact you've had to do it on more than one occasion, uh, you know, the first time that was an accident, second time, you know, that becomes, you know, kind of a, you know, okay, he's just generally not mindful of his, uh, his wardrobe. Um, third through 20th times, uh, I think he's just, you know, he's creating a, either a trend or an own, his own personal habit. Yeah. Um, I mean, it could be a trend. There's, there various things that have become fashionable that I am not necessarily having my finger upon the pulse of. <laughs> we already talked about, you know, uh, raccoons fucking in trash bags around your midsection. Yeah, I mean, if if that could be, it could be the next thing. The next raccoons is uh, just uh, having your fly down all the time. I'm sure that they will have special pants that just don't have a zipper. There's just like a right. gaping sort of pocket right there. Uh, people will have to start wearing special underwear that's uh, right. you know really stylish. Like check out my heart's underwear, and they're specifically wearing them just because they've got the the zipperless fly. And see, that's the kind of stuff I was talking about. Maybe uh, you know, maybe this is a new trend to uh, like if you know if you're wearing like your tidy whitey Hanes uh, or your uh, boxer shorts with the the <laughs> with the the weak. Uh, front that doesn't close all the way. <laughs> oh no! Uh, should not partake in this trend. Yeah, no. Um, but if it's if it's paired with like you know very high quality uh, undergarments that are you know specifically tailored to be shown off to people. I'm, I mean, I'm not saying that it's necessarily office appropriate. I'm just I'm just saying uh, you know maybe somewhere you know somebody is is thinking about this idea. This is where we pitch an underwear company. <laughs> Uh, I, I I think the market's a little crowded. Uh, we could do fly undies, but, you man. Know. Fly undies. The fly as in looking good, but also to be seen through the fly. Put a pin in that one. That's the next million dollar yeah. idea. Going to see me on Shark Tank. <laughs> and if I do, Frank, if if I if I let you sail this one on your own and you become a millionaire, uh, I will happily line up to say to, to hear I told you so. Uh, no, man, we can go together. The pitches are always better when there's two people to play off of each other while we like is true. absolutely grovel and embarrass ourselves in front of a couple of rich people in the hopes that they will deign to throw some of their cash at us <laughs> to further enrich uh, themselves. I don't know, man. That sounds a lot like retail. Well, yeah, I mean, that that's, that's what it is. <laughs> right. <laughs> Have you watched the Shark Tank? Um, no, I, I, have, ah. I, I've heard the jokes about the Shark Tank. I, I've seen things that are Shark Tank adjacent, uh, but I've never actually watched the show myself. It's one of those things that's, uh, on one hand, deeply saddening. Like it is, mm -hmm. it is one hundred percent the parade of late stage capitalism, <gasps> where you've just got like <laughs> right. this panel of insanely rich people, and people are coming in front of them to pitch literally shit no one needs. But right. that they think enough people will want, you know, so it's like, here's a dog collar that 
sings Merry Christmas tunes, and you know, then the lady that is made millions on command or constantly. I I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm just saying it's it's going to be constant. I need to know more details it's, about it's this. It's got to be it's a constant, just jingle bells on repeat forever until you or the dog <laughs> is exhausted its life force. <laughs> I thought maybe this was like a uh, a slightly um, a slightly less cruel um, shot collar. Like, <laughs> the dog barks. It's like don't bark, becomes... dog, or you'll have to hear you'll have to hear "Merry Fucking Christmas" for ten minutes. <laughs> See, we're workshopping it, man. We're workshopping it. We're gonna be. We got yet another product that we can go in and pitch at uh, at the Shark Tank. But yeah, so these people are going in and and they're pitching this shit, and generally it's stuff that people don't need, but they're doing it in you know they're trying to go big, if nothing right. else. So they're coming in and they've got all these uh, spiels that they have put together, you know, little bits and they've got props and stuff like that that they right. wheel in. Like high production value type of stuff. Well, high production value is questionable because, oh, okay. I mean, they... As high as they can do with, with you know, normal people. Right. right. This is this is oftentimes people that are coming in trying to get something off the ground. And right. uh, so, you know, they're coming in and they've got mock-ups or they've got uh, samples and stuff like that. And, and you can see uh, as time goes on, you know, there are fewer people that are just showing up to pitch like a company with some accompanying, you know, shots of, of pictures and stuff. And more and more people are right. like, here, I brought you a physical dog collar that every time your dog barks, it sings Carol of the Bells, but with dog barks. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and it's just kind of sad to watch, but at the same time, it's fascinating to watch because people are doing like, you know, they're like, uh, I, I'm willing to give you 5% of my company for $75,000 so that I can, right. you know, get a, a company in China to make 10,000 units of these dog collars. And, the, you know, I'm going to buy them for $5 a piece and sell them for 25 and et cetera, et cetera. Right. And then, you know, they play the the rich uh, shark people off of each other a little bit as they decide to, you know, undercut each other or nobody will take the deal and there's some amount of drama. But it's all sort of overshadowed by a general sense of deep sadness. (laughs) Like, like even because the thing is, I'm, I'm assuming that like, you know, none of the shark tank, folks like ever give like a good first offer it's kind of like the guy from uh <laughs> from uh, <Long> Stars. <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's like it's like uh it's like yeah you know i've got this great idea for i think it's a multi-billion dollar idea i just need a little bit of money to get it started you know and, and then I'll, we'll be fully functional and then you know we'll we'll be off for the races shark tank guy's like hmm I'll give you ten thousand dollars for ninety percent of your company. It's Essentially, like, it's a little it's bit like, like that. It's like that's yeah, that, that's that's the best I can do. Ten thousand. There's one guy on there, and you know, it's it's one of those things. Part of it's sad, and then part of it is also fascinating to me. I I kind of enjoy these kinds of things. I can sense that. Oh, well, on, on a very because it's literally a parade of human yeah, it's depravity. A, it's a parade like it's... of sadness and and human deprivation and. Just man's inhumanity to man. Desperation. Uh, desperation is mixed in there. So, of course, it's the kind of shit that I feed on. 
Yeah, I mean, that's like your bread and butter. Just package that up, put that th- thing in a fucking cereal, and that's your breakfast. And and so, they've, <laughs> you know, they've got these guys, they're, they're given... Um, little pitches like all right i'll i'll offer you seventy five thousand dollars which is you know most of what you're asking for you're asking for 80 i'll give you 75 you wanted uh, 80 for five percent but i'm gonna take eight percent and so you watch these people they're trying to do like relatively significant mathematics in their head uh and there's one guy who's (laughs) on there whose favorite thing seems to be he will make it as complex as possible and as safe for him as possible and almost never takes any deal unless he can get it. And all of them are enormously safe for him. So I can see why he's fucking rich. Um, But they're also baffling because he's like, all right, so you asked for $75,000 for 5% of your company. How about this? I'll give you $50,000. It's a loan. It's got 3% interest. I also will get 6% of your company. Now, if you make... You know, $5 million in the first six months will pay off the loan, but instead that loan will turn around and become a 7% stake to add to the 6% stake that I started with. And by the end of it, the guy's just like, Jesus uh, Christ. Any of the other sharks interested? <laughs> it's like, just just no on principle because I, I can't tell if that's good yeah, or bad. Like, like, once I can no longer understand you know, where you're at, and he does that on purpose because then he ends up signing these deals, and I'm sure that uh, it works out well for for everybody involved. But it definitely works out really well for him at the end, right? Yeah, because I'm 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 sure that he understands the the impact of what you know of what he's saying, but he knows that they don't, and so that's 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 like in a room full of predators. That's like the the most predatoriest thing you can yeah. do. Like he's uh, he's the ambush <laughs> predator. We got way off topic. I think, yeah, we started we started with uh, wardrobe malfunctions, and somehow we got onto Shark Tank, and like <laughs> now Shark Tanks, you know, sharks could cause wardrobe this is true. malfunctions. This is but, true. If they bite off your pants, uh, or if one of them picks up for seventy five thousand dollars, five percent of the stake in my new company, fly undies, undies <laughs> specifically made to be seen through the fly of your pants. So it, it's less about like purely making money and and partially about uh, I don't know giving some redemption back to those that have these constant wardrobe problems. Yeah. Um. Because like you said, you you know that that one guy, uh, he it's it's a constant problem for him. Like it's not something that uh, just happens every now and again. But if it's you know something that he constantly fights with, like this will give him mm-hmm. some pride. He was a um, trendsetter instead of just just a guy who keeps forgetting to put his fly up after he's used the restroom. <laughs> yeah um but no uh well back when i used to work at the, the textiles plant uh that was kind of a little bit special because not only were we doing uh software but we were doing tech support for the plant um most of what we did was software tech support but it also involved like carrying machines around and like kind of crawling into tight spaces to check for um you know usb ports and stuff like that and uh there have been several occasions where you know one of the guys would or even me, like I, I ripped a ripped a pair of you know fairly crappy pants one day, um, but uh, but never had like a true blowout. But you know we've had some guys that have reached under there, you know, kind of crouch a little too low, and uh, the irony of clothing going so. out uh, at a textiles plant is not lost on me. <laughs> it, was, it was not lost on us. Uh, you know, there there was actually a guy on the, on the floor. One of the supervisors was like. 
Ah, see, you got a tear right there. We could uh, rip some off this roll right here and sew you right up. <laughs> um, but no. Um, so how do you approach? How do you approach a coworker that has uh, any type of mal- uh, wardrobe malfunction like that? You know, one is uh, is tactful, um, which is probably the best nah. approach. What do you think? I, I don't do tactful. <laughs> um, I suppose you could if if you wanted, but I tend to let people know. Uh, in a way that's not necessarily going to embarrass them in front of everybody, but in, in a way that uh, acknowledges the fact that this is fucking hilarious. Um, you know, right? Because it's a, it's an opportunity missed if you just kind of you know do it very stealthily and nobody else yeah. notices. Uh, um, but if you can call out uh, some amount <clears throat> of attention to it, then it can be all right. Yeah, because you know if if you can if you can kind of call somebody out on it without it being laughing at them uh you can you can squeeze a lot of comedy out of that um and you know like i said i'm i'm kind of a uh kind of a forgetful person or not really a mindful person (laughs) um so there have been issues where like um i'll leave a tag on something or something like i always hate that and uh (laughs) see the problem and (laughs) being a big guy like all the tags say <laughs> is fat. <laughs> exactly. That was my thought. I was like, man, that's that's one thing that I try never to have happen. Uh, is to go right. out in public. I yeah, scour I'm my scouring new like is there like a sticker on this motherfucker that's like, you know, <laughs> showing what size it is, or or is there anything at all? Because the last thing I need is for anybody to be like, holy shit, I didn't realize they made things that big. There's actually. <laughs> There's a size for that? Holy hell. Because, you know, that that's the problem is that, like, people assuming that, that I'm big is one thing, but, like, then having, like, uh, quantifiable metrics. Exactly. How, how much of a fat bastard I am. That's just, that that sounds terrible. But no, like, you know, occasionally it'll happen, not often, and, you know, I dread it for, for days after I do it. But, yeah, you know, if somebody points something out to me, like, you know, I'll try to make a joke about it. Um, cause most of the people are not trying to be intentionally dickish about it. Like they, uh, you know, they don't want to cause undue harm. Uh, but I think, I think some people can't help it. <laughs> I think some people are incapable of having true tact. This is true. Now for my part, I think I am perhaps a little overzealous in, in protecting myself from situations like that. Um, How so? I just, you know, I, I think I see <laughs> do you, do you have these little, little things that shoot out of the side of your face. You spit acid on anybody <laughs> who notices. <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, hey, Frank, your zipper done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's why I keep oh. that snake around. Um, <laughs> <laughs> No, I was just going to say, like, oh. uh, so if if you've ever gone to the uh, Thai place and they've got, uh, over at Surin, they've got this really nice uh, chicken noodle bowl is what they call it. And it's got absolutely no, you know, chicken noodle soup uh, from an American palate sort of situation. But it's a nice right. light curry. But it's it's definitely very wet and very noodly. And invariably, okay. there is no way for me to eat that without getting, like, <laughs> at least a light speckling uh, along the front of my shirt somewhere. Uh, right. Just the nature of the dish. 
but I will be. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be eat a little weird. Yeah, I will be upset about that for the entire day. And for me, it's like, oh, here's <laughs> you know, here is one half of a millimeter of sauce that got on my uh, shirt, and I'm just like, God, this is terrible. I've got this spot on my shirt. <laughs> And I can see it everywhere I go. I'm, you know, I sit down, I look at it, and I'm right. like, "Fuck, this thing is glaring." And then nobody else notices. You know, nobody else no, can no, see. No, nobody else will notice. No, not at all. And that's the thing that you know, being somebody who is uh, who is who is portly, like I don't want to give other people an excuse to think that I'm, you know, slobbish or unkempt. Like I am actually like very low <laughs> like for you know. <laughs> Head to toe, like you know, I I put in time to to look, uh, whatever level. Of <laughs> look good at the sexy achieve. ain't like, easy. This is not an accident. Yeah, sexy ain't easy. Uh, normal ain't easy. <laughs> <laughs> like just being just being presentable <laughs> for other people ain't easy. Yeah. So like you know you know people may look at at the way that I dress and think, man, he's just not trying. No, the sad reality is the fact that I am, <laughs> and just that's that's like. That's the apex of what I'm able to achieve given the... This is the, the max product a sculptor can get out of the clay that was provided. <laughs> like, this, is, this is the best that can, that can come out of it. I'm kind of with you in the same, same boat that, like, if, uh, if I drop some... <laughs> specifically, if I drop, like, water on my pants... <laughs> because you know, I know. I know nobody is going to think that I peed my pants. Oh... Uh. But I can't, I cannot verify that I did not pee my pants. Like, did, I want, like, forensic evidence <laughs> that that is not pee on so my pants. You don't have to burst um, out of the bathroom like, this is not piss on my pants. <laughs> but, but also the thing is, like, if you had pissed your pants, isn't that what you would That's also right, say? That's right, Derek. That's why you'd never say that. Because everybody immediately goes... <laughs> Yes, you did. I'm looking for solutions, Frank. You can't just throw that out there without me expect to, to give it a try. <laughs> for oh. me, like, so I'm a taller than average person. And uh, the way mm. sinks are usually laid out in in restrooms, <laughs> if there is even the smallest amount of blowback, if the water pressure is ever so slightly high when I put my hand into the stream... It is going uh-huh. to shoot back out directly at crotch level. And it always just looks like, if, if I'm not super careful, it definitely looks like I have splattered my pants while trying to take a leak. <laughs> See, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't think about that. Like, I take that for granted because, you know, I, I'm still, you know, an average height guy. Uh, so sinks are kind of made, you know, kind of for my height of people. Um, so if I do get some splashback, like there's still like an 80% chance it's going to land above the waist. Nope. That that's okay. But, uh, yeah, for someone like you, um, who, you know, not to get crude, like you could, you could wash the boys (laughs) in the sink without leaning over. Uh, That's, uh, that, that is perfect crotch level for, uh, for any water splash. And I will say this, I will honestly say this more than one time it has happened and I have just been like, well, I can't leave this bathroom now. I live here, I guess. And gone into a stall see, and just hung out for 10 minutes while shit dried off. See, well, if uh, if it's a, a place that just has, like, uh, paper towels, 
you know, that's not going to work out too well because paper towels always kind of yeah. like a residue a little bit. Uh, but if it's if it's got like the hand dryers, <laughs> um, you're kind of lucky same... because not only is the sink crotch height, but <laughs> the, the air dryers are going to be roughly. At the same time, height. I don't want to be in there with the Dyson Air Blade directly <laughs> on the down south part, and someone else walks into the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> You're just kind of, kind of fucking the Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I I can see how the optics on that would be. Yeah. Um, less than great. Better um, to just uh, better to just hang out in shame in stall three for ten minutes. Yeah. Maybe maybe <laughs> blow on it a little bit. But, you know, then, you know, going kind of back to the work wankers thing, like if somebody sit, hears you in the next stall going, <laughs> there, it would raise there's a lot, a lot of, questions. of questions raised that I don't want to answer. Now, have you ever had no, like a no. significant issue, but then you had to get through the rest of the day? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's not been often, but but occasionally I have. Uh, there was this uh, I forget what it was. I, I, I It was some sort of. uh presentation or something where i had to to be in a you know a pair of nice pants um and you know back then i was kind of poor uh didn't really have time to go buy more pants uh so i just kind of wore the ones that were a little too tight oh, no. uh and so i kind of uh you know and i wear my pants just a tiny bit low because uh you know i suffer from uh from no <laughs> acetal but uh but yeah so it was riding a little bit low and so like the 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 crotchal area uh, was under a little bit more stress from being lower, and so you know you just kind of take one bad turn in those bad boys, and uh, all of a sudden you you get some rippage, and sure enough, like from the bottom of the zipper to about uh, about half you know maybe a little less than halfway up the bum, uh, it, it was oh the a full blowout split. <laughs> yeah, but but so I had uh, I had some some very um, modest boxer briefs underneath. So I wasn't necessarily worried about like anybody seeing anything untoward other than, you know, anything underneath my pants. But, uh, but yeah, I had to do the presentation and just kind of, uh, not do any like pirouettes (laughs) or (laughs) any wide motions that would cause me to, uh, no, no lunges or anything, um, strictly forbidden for that presentation. But it, it went okay, but uh, I will not verify the quality of that presentation because that was not. I was going to say was you did not about. have your eye on the prize; you had uh, your mind elsewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was hoping that I was hoping that the audience did not have the eye on the ball. <laughs> uh, at one point, uh, there was I, one of my offices used to have a lot of old. Um, infrastructure you know so it was brick and a lot of metal and stuff like that in a couple of areas there was uh metal that was sticking out and one day going through a doorway oh no i managed to catch and rip a shirt and i don't have a lot of shirts and especially i had stuff to do that day (laughs) but it was a very obvious and sort of problematic rip to the shirt uh but what i did was i was like man i don't have time to go home uh, I've got some meetings and stuff I'm going to have to do today. 
what am I going to do about this? Yeah, can't really take yeah. time to go fix well, this. Well, so I stopped for five minutes in the bathroom with a stapler. <laughs> so, I mean, was this like in a seam where you oh, could possibly that was, play it was, this off? Uh, it was on the side, uh, and it was sort of in a seam area. Uh-huh. I don't think a lot of people noticed. I figured it was a lot more obvious than I guess it was because <laughs> only one person commented on it. But, like, I literally just went into right. the bathroom, took the shirt off, grabbed a stapler, and went chicka, 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 chicka. <laughs> and there was a line of staples, just like it was a line of sutures uh, down the side of the shirt. And I put it back on and was like, well, I guess that's going to do. We're going to have to go. And I kept the staples in that shirt. Like, I retired that shirt from active duty out in the field, but I left it as a lounging around the mm-hmm. house shirt. And for several years right. after that, I can tell you... Staples are a relatively durable medium for fixing clothing because it went through the washing machine multiple times without any problems. Wow. Okay. That that's 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 impressive, but at the same time, like I can't imagine staples being like the ultimate comfort material for seams. Oh, I mean, not really. Every once in a while you'd get a little cold, you know, against the side uh from the metal, <laughs> but uh, it was right. surprisingly effective. It was one of those things where I just eventually didn't think about it anymore until I put the shirt on and it was like, oh, yeah, shit, this is the shirt that's being held together with staples and prayers. <laughs> yeah, I, I think uh, I think we better wrap that question up because it's been like 40 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> 40 minutes on wardrobe <laughs> malfunction. Uh, shall we go to the audience uh, question? Yeah. Yes. All right. So, from down south, disgusted, a female <laughs> okay. office worker sitting in my cubicle at work. When this male coworker walks in to ask a question, the whole time he has his hands in his pockets, jangling his change, but in the pro- process of mm-hmm. jangling, keeps adjusting the family jewels at your face level. What to do? Oh, oh no. <laughs> Oh, and and the sad thing is, is that like I don't obviously don't know this person or the person they're referencing, but I know somebody like this. Like everybody, as as far as I know, everybody knows a guy <laughs> that is a little too liberal uh, with the uh, <laughs> with the alignment <laughs> adjustments. <laughs> Uh, this is, again, I don't know, maybe I'm entirely too self-conscious, but this is just a thing that I would never do. Like, even if there was binding, if there was chafing, if there was pinching and, you know, torsion, I would have to excuse myself to another room where in privacy arrangements could be made. I, I just don't think that I could even try to be surreptitiously like, well, I'll pretend I'm jangling the change while I... Uh, mm, oh. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm wondering. Was that supposed to be some sort of fucking cover fire for, for adjusting his junk? It's like, oh, if... Uh, it's like it's like a little... Uh, it's like cat with dangling keys or something. If I dangle this in front of them, they won't notice me adjusting the angle of my dangle. Like... <laughs> Oh my god. So so I mean, first of all, like doing any type of adjustment uh around other people. No, that's uh, that's idea. off limits. Uh, I, I will go ahead and say that now. Yeah, that that's 
yeah, that that's pretty that's pretty rude. Um, and I, I I can't think of anything that would really make it acceptable. Like, there's really no condition. No, your uh, shit could be on <laughs> fire, and you should excuse yourself. Right, you can just excuse yourself uh, for a moment. Um, and you know, I'm not saying that I'm I am absolutely 100 above uh, ever doing any adjustments uh, in the eyes of God <laughs> and man. But you know, I it is very rare and only in the worst cases possible. Um, and, and like I said, it's very rare, not often. Um, but certainly, certainly not when somebody else was at crotch level, when their face <laughs> was like their direct eyesight was on my crotch. Like, it will, excuse me. That's when <laughs> around could right. be at my crotch, like not specifically a whether or not they were staring at my <laughs> it's junk. It's definitely something um, that you can't do when you're a Chippendale dancer and you're on stage. <laughs> it's like, and next up is Jeremy, who will be adjusting his crotch for 15 minutes. <laughs> it comes out like a, a pair of dress pants. And a pair of dress like, pants with really uncomfortable underwear underneath, just writhing his way down the see stage. See nothing. It's like this is this is the worst part of my day. <laughs> but no, I want to go back to the uh the attempt that he's that he's making to cover this up. Uh cuz I mean, I I've known like you know, it seems to be like kind of like a manager thing, like where a ma- maybe like a manager wants to announce his presence <laughs> like a cowbell <laughs> where he like jangles the keys a little bit uh so you don't get startled. So like, you know, they'll just like you know, rattle their keys or you know, have their hand in their pocket a little bit. Um, yeah, so I've 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 had managers do that before. I assume it wasn't for cover fire. Uh, you would think, <laughs> but uh, I, but I guess it's possible. Um, they could they it may be more effective than I think. <laughs> like maybe it's effective on me. <laughs> maybe maybe I am the one they're trying to distract, <laughs> and I'm like, ooh, wonder how much change he's got in that pocket. <laughs> Never mind that he's. <laughs> He is open hand cupping his <laughs> testicles. <laughs> I just I don't think this can be an accidental thing, and if if anybody ever does it, it is uh, it is immediately. I think that's a foul, and uh, I so yeah. I, you know the the real question, not just the statement, is what do you do when you're in that situation? Which I don't know is we're necessarily the people <laughs> who can give that sort of advice. We're not women in the workforce. I mean, if if you right. were to come over to my cube while I was sitting there trying to work and you're like, eh, and trying to adjust stuff, I would be, I would feel free to call you out. I'd be like, damn, Derek. Right, right. You know, that's, uh, this is neither the time nor the place. You should go do that in the bathroom with the guys from episode one. <laughs> Maybe that's what all the shuffling was about. Uh um, no, but no, I, I would feel that that's totally appropriate. Like if I came over playing, you know, a, uh, a condensed version of pocket pool, um, and, and you just were just like, Hey man, you know, quit touching your junk. Like I would feel chastised, but like rightly so. Like I would feel the, the correct amount of, uh, of crappy about doing that. But, um, yeah, I, I, that, that's kind of a little bit tricky because, you know, as, uh, you know, as a, the opposite sex, like if somebody else is doing something uh, fairly private in public, <laughs> um, 
yeah, that's kind of a, a question. It's like, <laughs> it's like, all right, uh, <laughs> Jennifer, can you can you stop scratching your tits like all over the office? Like, like, see that that is not the appropriate way to to uh, which I guess is the. You know, one of the inverses of of this situation. It just doesn't happen the um, same way. I mean, we don't no, have that, the same sort of no uh, layout in terms of uh, society <laughs> or physicality. But it, you know, it's especially a fraught problem for women, and that's why I'm going to forward mm-hmm. a concept and uh, let me know how you feel on it. The no fault cock punch. <laughs> That's just what? where if if you're doing something untoward, uh, your female coworkers are just allowed to punch you right in the junk, and there's no fault. Like, so like, is it uh, if you're doing something intentionally that you shouldn't be I doing, mean, or unintentionally, or some combination or both. of both? You know, guy on the subway, man spreading, taking up two two uh, two slots, <laughs> the the no fault cock punch. Just drop the people's exactly. elbow right on his jimmies. <laughs> and I think if that was a legally defensible okay. thing, we would probably find people who had a lot better behavior overall. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, that would that would make me. Uh, that would definitely correct any any unknown behavior that I had for <laughs> sure. Um, Derek didn't realize he was doing it, but now he does. I mean. <laughs> And now he sings castrato. Uh, I mean, if that's your unconscious tick, then you've got a lot of deep-seated problems. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, I, I think that with the no-fault cock punch, um, which we might have to workshop the name, uh, but but we'll go for it. Go with it for now. Uh, no-fault cock punch. Um, you know, <laughs> I think that I think that would fix it in very short order. Um, so if you have the rapport <laughs> built up with your coworkers, uh, where they would understand the complex concept that is the no fault cock punch, and if you need a press release or anything or like some documentation on it, you know, feel free to you know ask us. We'll forward it on to you. Uh, no big deal. But uh, definitely, definitely the the most correct response to what's happening. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's the most tactful response. Oh, it's definitely not tactful, um, but then so, again, uh, neither is this action, so... That is that is very much so correct. Um, so in all seriousness, one, one bit of actual, like, <laughs> legitimate advice. So I'm using my one free legitimate advice I was going to say, there's none of that shit on today. here, Derek. Don't you ruin this for me. <laughs> uh, I, would, I would say uh, if there's another male co-worker that you could kind of like bring into the to the ploy uh and kind of say hey you know um greg is just like you know he jangles for a second then he goes to town goes back to jangling goes back to going to town uh can you talk to him about doing that literally at eye level with me that would be something that i i feel like if somebody did that you know somebody came to me with that kind of problem and asked for me to to kind of i don't know be be the middleman. Um, I think that's perfectly appropriate. Like you need that kind of, uh, you know, cross, uh, you know, cross sex, uh, or cross gender, uh, middleman interface, um, to kind of help get things solved like that sometimes. So, um, I would say that is, that is perfectly acceptable. 
Um, if he's the only male, I think that makes it actually worse. Like you need to go to <laughs> HR <laughs> because if there is if there are no other males on this, and like he just does this in front of women all day every day, uh, chances are yeah. that's not accidental. Like he's just oh oh that's oh no oh that's so <laughs> creepy oh okay hopefully hopefully that's not the case hopefully it's just uh, he has no clue what humans are and are not supposed to do in private which is a public. thing that I'm um, honestly surprised at like maybe I live with a lot of deep seated shame but I think it's good <laughs> and appropriate deep seated shame. That allows me to walk through the world without doing shit like grabbing my junk in front of somebody or wearing spotted and stained shirts. I would I would call that right. If 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 that's the effect that that shame has on you, I would call that a constructive shame. Like that is you are you are using that to better yourself, and in that case, more power to you. Like keep that keep that shame. That's no problem. Yeah, I think there are some people that just have, uh, you know, nobody else has shamed them into being, uh, you know, (laughs) into erring on the side of shame. I, I, you know, I'm with you. Like, I've (laughs) I've experienced my share of shame, so that's kind of like my default. If there is... (laughs) If, like, if if somebody sees me eating, like, uh, like a shit, like a honey bun, like, (laughs) that will produce shame. It's like, oh, God, they've seen me in my natural habitat. (laughs) And I mean that's that's true like as a as a big guy there is an actual sort of situational awareness that I'm like fuck I might want to eat this entire platter of delicious chicken wings but being as I am a gentleman <laughs> of size and there are other people around here I can't go to town exactly there are connotations uh like <laughs> I was actually at a banquet the other day and it's one of those things where, you know, you go to this banquet, it's a, ostensibly all-you-can-eat buffet of food or whatever. But for a big guy, it is not. If he has any sort of situational no, awareness, is that is where you take a very small, petite amount of food and sit back down and consume it <laughs> gently and then go out to McDonald's for a Big Mac afterward. <laughs> it, no, all-you-can-eat buffets around, like, coworkers and whatnot are not... All you can eat for big guys. It is uh, a contest to see how much restraint you can show and eat the amount that other people think yes. you should eat. Or, excuse me, maybe that's not even true. Uh, eat the amount that you assume is normal for a normal human person. <laughs> Which, for me, is sometimes a guessing game. <laughs> right. Ab- oh, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, apparently with, like, the, the forks and cutlery shit that we talked about last episode, like, apparently that's... <laughs> That's that's a problem I have too. It's like, what do you mean you gave me four forks with you know, you know, got seven appetizers? Like that's just for two people. What's the problem? No, but this is something that needs to be addressed. Uh, if you feel uncomfortable, that is the right response for what is happening in front of your face. You know, if he's a nice guy and you think he's just oblivious, talk to somebody else to, to talk to talk to him very carefully. Uh, if you think that he's just being, you know, kind of flaunting, <laughs> flaunting. <laughs> Flaunting, flaunting the flag uh just go to hr like this is what hr exists to like, do just... i i could see like an alternate exactly. timeline where i were be would have become an hr professional just so that i could be the person who brought down you know the thunder 
that I could see as being a job that I would like. Like, just coming down on people like a ton of fucking bricks about the horse shit that they do. That would be a pleasing sort of job for me. We already talked. I mean, you know, you've already talked about how uh, you were the most effective uh, type of grim reaper uh, for killing an entire exactly. branch of an office. Um, so, I mean, I, I figured that that was like, I wouldn't even call it plan B. I thought that's what like your goals <laughs> and aspirations were. It's like, it's like right now I'm a project manager and scrum master, but uh, I will find a way to get back to my true purpose of uh, ending happen- happiness and as many generally as they possible. keep me confined uh, I, I very rarely <laughs> am given firepower oversight and I think it's specifically for that reason because for all that I'm a jovial person to work <laughs> with and people enjoy working with me or else I am also mm-hmm. just really quick on that fire button like if there's someone who isn't a good right. fit fired <laughs> it's like the, from like austin powers with exactly a little trap door <laughs> it's like, i've got my <laughs> finger on the trap door button at all dead. times all right uh so i wanted to get to this <laughs> this issue from the internet before we run on all right. far far too long so the issue that we picked out for today it's from the user Shabba number one. Shabba one, huh? Sh- Shabba number one. All right. And it's not a long one, but it is. I have no specific scientific bat- background besides high school. What field would you study if you wanted to make a self-functioning human-scale robot? <laughs> 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 See, this is one of the ones where it doesn't have to be like super complex or anything because there is only one right answer uh not to his question but to like the bigger question why? of uh of why it is clearly just a sex robot that he can fuck <laughs> <laughs> like can it be any more obvious uh. um because there's like I'm sure there are machines to do most of everything else that he wants to do uh but the only reason like, I mean, maybe he's he couldn't afford a fully functioning uh, sex bot like the rest of us. Um, but, you know, maybe he's too ashamed. <laughs> this is the future liberals want. He can't ask for his own sex bot for Christmas. Uh, so he's got to build he's his He's got own. to go weird science um, on this shit in the basement. <laughs> definitely weird science for sure. But yeah, so what... I mean, other than, like, pure horniness, like, what possesses somebody to just from scratch say, hmm, I want to build a, a fully functioning human-scale robot? Are, is there anything other than sex it could be? Like, am I just being closed-minded here? I mean, or... I think you're being a little closed-minded here, because if anime has taught us anything, it's that you have to have a robot in order to fight larger robots. Okay, all right. So this is the opening okay, salvo that, in a, bad. I can, in a I can robot arms race. So, hmm. Well, the problem is that he said that it was going to be a human-scale robot. Um, and whenever our robot overlords come, um, I doubt it's going to be human-scale. Um, I would have to think that they would have built some like larger-than-human robots at that point. Maybe not quite like, you know, Voltron size yet. Like, maybe we're not quite there. I mean, they're going to have some, like... Uh, you know, twenty foot robots, fifteen foot robots, and like a human scale robot. Unless you just build a lot of them, um, 
not going to do a whole lot of good. Kind of like the whole, like, uh, would you rather fight a hundred duck sized horses <laughs> or one horse sized duck? <laughs> so I, don't, I don't, I don't think, uh, no matter how many like human scale robots you throw at it, I think, I think that the bigger robot would win. Well, I mean, um, there is some Astro Boy sort of precursor here to suggest okay. that, you know, if you build a good enough human-sized robot, it can take on robots much larger than itself. At least it could in the mm. 50s and 60s when Astro Boy was originally popular. But, you know, I mean, you're, you're right. Like, it has carried on through, like, Mega Man and things like that where... Um, b- build a. <laughs> you, you just you go down to the local build a boy <laughs> <laughs> and say I want it to have titanium plating. You know a a Buster shot like, but you know I want I, I want it to have lasers and armor uh, and maybe be able to d- fly. So like you know the optional jetpack will spring the extra you know hundred bucks for that. Um, and then they <laughs> they take your they take your desires and they create you a little boy. <laughs> This is <laughs> there this you is go. a really weird robot shop that you're envisioning, Derek. It's very weird, very specific. Why? Well, okay. No, 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 no. What is weird about that? Oh, I mean, other than like the whole thing. But like, if there was a a place called Build a Boy, <laughs> what the fuck else would you expect that to be? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what other type of reputable organization? Well, could reputable exist there? is the question. I'm like a high-end gay brothel of some sort. Sounds about appropriate <laughs> for that. <laughs> it could also be named for like a uh, a, a gym. There we go. You know, <laughs> build a boy, make a man. I, 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 I honestly, know. I don't I, know if I'm going to get a membership at Build a Boy, the gym. <laughs> Uh, that 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 thing is going out of business real fast. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I I I still think uh, I think Build a Boy has like an, okay, not the gym, but <laughs> as, a, as a concept, it's got legs. It's got legs, <laughs> and you and know torsos, torsos and arms and, arms. <laughs> and everything else. Now, I'm, I'm immediately thinking with today's technology, this sounds kind of like, you know, with waiter and all that kind of stuff where you can order any sort of takeout. This seems like a customizable male escort app. I'm thinking we've got drop downs, you know, we've got interfaces. Oh, oh, so, so you're not talking about like buying. You're talking about are you talking yeah. about renting, renting <laughs> the Uber for, for erotic sex robots <laughs> <laughs> call it no, no, i got it i got it we'll call it luber oh god no <laughs> oh man that was that was gross just rolling off the tongue oh. <laughs> uh, that's what they'll say about it later oh gross. no i'm not i'm not Look, if I'm the first one to get the ride on the sex robot, that's not a big deal. But I'm not taking leftovers. That's uh, well, oh. it's uh, it's sort of ride sharing is how how these things work these days. It's the gig economy. That 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 service is not for me. Um. Not for me either. But how else are we going uh, to I guess get for our? Those uh, that can't afford their own. Uh, sometimes you got to share our suspiciously sized and shaped war robots. <laughs> Oh my god. Um but no, I don't even want to answer this one seriously. Like 
like there is nothing that a high schooler uh could do with a fully you know fully functioning human scale robot to to do any good like uh i mean at best like he's hoping that like it'll go beat up his bully <laughs> like that's that's i think that's a movie we're creating here this is that he's just this is how like 60 percent to... of shitty 80s sci-fi movies start right uh what was the what was the one with uh hugh jackman where uh uh chappy or something uh, oh there was uh, no 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 it was uh the the one with the the, the rock'em sock'em robots real steel Real steel, that's the one. There we go. Uh, that's basically what they did. <laughs> like, let's build a robot so that we can let out all of our teen angst. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> that was a father-son bonding film. I, I I would say that that you're right, but I haven't seen it. Hugh Jackman could be a bum that walked in off the street and showed him how to build robots, for all I know. Uh, the basic storyline of that movie is that uh, Hugh Jackman is a boxer who is put out of work by robots and then uh-huh. bonds with his son like over know. being put out of work by robots. Right. That By building a robot. By building a robot. Okay, got it. Although I will say, uh, I feel cheated because you have robbed me of something. Uh, and that is the the ignorant bliss of not knowing the plot to that and, movie. And then in the end, he finds out that the robot was within him all along. <laughs> that's how. That's the origin story of Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh God, Logan has become the robot, and and now he grows six sideburns. <laughs> all right. Well, I think it is about time to punch the clock. What do you think? I think so. Do you have any questions you'd like for us to answer on air? You can send your questions to questions at WLICast.com or any feedback or comments to feedback at WLICast.com. You can also visit us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash WLICast and on Twitter at WLImbalance and use the hashtag WLICast. This has been the Work-Life Imbalance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. And I'm Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we're going to have to transfer you.